this morning in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we are so glad to be together today. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will certainly rejoice and be glad in it. People of God, let's lift our voices together in our call to worship. The Lord went before them like a pillar of fire, leading the Hebrews out of slavery. And Moses saw the burning bush, and it was not consumed. Did not our hearts burn within us as he was talking? The fire of the Lord reveals the truth of Jesus And flames appeared like tongues of fire, and each person was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let the fire of the Lord blaze in our lives as we are the body of Christ on earth.
join me in our corporate prayer of confession found in your bulletin. O oh God, your holy fire comes down to ignite the world with compassion and purpose. Forgive us when we run away from the flames. Forgive us when we see what we need to do and are overwhelmed and paralyzed. Remind us, Lord, that you lead, you provide, you carve your name into all we deem impossible. We are sorry to be so slow in coming, sorry to be so silent in speaking, sorry to be so frightened of moving. That's your justice and justice reign. The Apostle John tells us that if we confess our sins, the Lord is righteous and faithful to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friends, we are forgiven. Now the hard part, let us go and sin no more. We'll have the children and youth stay with us a bit longer today so you don't miss this wonderful choir behind us. So don't go anywhere just yet. May the peace of Christ be with you. Please, share, please take a moment to share this piece with those around you, and I challenge you to meet someone new. I was just telling the um, choir here that they were troopers because they let me just leapfrog right over their number and then they let me stand up in front of them the whole time. So, and you guys stood up the whole time too. God bless you. So that was wonderful. This morning we are uh, celebrating um, Pentecost Sunday and this is an important day in our life but as we... Uh, as we begin to welcome each other and welcome our online friends as well. As many of you know, many of our choir members and Pastor Jack and Helen are away in Ireland doing a, a choir tour there, and we have some new faces to lead us in worship today. So I, first I wanna welcome our guest organist today, Paul Rosas. Thank you for being with us, Paul. We're so glad to have you. And we are also so pleased to present and welcome our special choir today, the Peak Performers from Greeley, Colorado. We are so blessed that you're here to share your beautiful music with us. And I promise not to step on one more song, none, no more. So welcome them, would you? You're so gracious. Pentecost is really a day that we celebrate the birth of the church. And we also celebrate the fact that it is the gift of the Holy Spirit that equips the church to do its work in the world. And part of the important work that we do in the world as a church is peacemaking. But until the perfection of God's peaceable kingdom can be achieved, it's important that we recognize that there are those who have made sacrifices, even their very lives, for peace and for freedom. 
Tamara Bolton once said of Memorial Day, this is the day that we pay homage to all those who didn't come home. This is not Veterans Day. It's not a celebration. It is a day of solemn contemplation over the cost of freedom. And I believe that in keeping with that spirit of solemn contemplation, that we should pause for just a moment and lift up all of those people who have gone before us and who are even standing in harm's way today for those families that will receive word today that a loved one has, has died, that we remember all those who sacrificed their life for this country. So I would invite us to, to pause for just a moment of silence as we lift up in gratitude all of those who have given their lives. And we continue to pray for peace, O oh God. Amen. There are several connections that I want to be able to make for you this morning in the life of this church. Everything that you need to know, everything that's coming up with all its details, you can find on our website, www.villagechurch.org. And I encourage you to use that website to get all the details. But there's two things I want to lift up for you to consider. One is that on June 4th, our youth group under the care of our youth director, Chris Hecker, will begin a monthly commitment that they have made to uh, Ladle Fellowship to, feed, to serve food to our neighbors downtown. Isn't that marvelous? That's what our youth group is going to be doing the first Sunday of uh, each month. And so we're so proud of them. So if you, have a, if you have a teen or you know somebody that's of that age group that really wants a place to serve, remember that this is what they're doing the first Sunday of every month. And then the second thing I want to lift up for you is in uh, June 19th through the 23rd, we will host our annual Vacation Bible School. And the theme this year is wild life. And that is not a comment on the children. It is simply to say this is a wonderful uh, a VBS that we are going to be celebrating God's other creation, God's creatures. And so the kids will be learning all kinds of things and they'll be making as a mission project some things to uh, donate to uh, Helen Woodard. And it's just a marvelous, ex a extremely wonderful event. And I encourage you that if you have grandchildren or children that are of that age to 9 o'clock uh, to 12 o'clock each day to come. And also, we should use your help. We could really use your help, so be sure and do that. So we now have an opportunity to express our gratitude for God and the hope that we can serve God with body and soul, with all that we have, and sharing our, our resources as we come to a time of presenting our gifts and tithes and offerings as we pass the baskets to all of, all of you. So please be mindful and be in a spirit of gratitude as we come to our time of offering.
please be seated. Choir, thank you for leading us in worship so beautifully today. Really appreciate it. And there's more to come, right? Wonderful. Uh, children, fifth grade and younger, you may now meet your Sunday school teachers in the back. And our youth, eight, uh, sixth grade and older, are currently in the youth room. Please join me in prayer. Our Lord and our God, we come to you humbly and in worship. You who laid the foundation of the earth, you who placed its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together, you who instructed the ocean where to go and where to stop, we honor and worship you, particularly on this day of Pentecost when you filled your believers with the Holy Spirit to communicate with each other, causing thousands to believe. May we be open to the same spirit living in our lives, spreading your word, and treating others as you would have us do. We also honor those who have died in service to our nation. Our hearts are filled with gratitude and reverence as we consider the sacrifices made by these courageous men and women, sacrifices which have assured freedom in America and many other nations. We pray your blessings on the families who have lost loved ones. Give them peace and hope. As our church choir sings its way through Ireland this week, may others hear and see Christ in their songs, their words, and their actions. Father, we are so blessed. We live in such comfort and beauty. Help us to be good stewards over what we've been given, frugal in our spending, wise in our investing, and generous in our giving. Help us to give in such a way that supports justice and righteousness seen through your eyes. Grant us that wisdom, Lord. Help us to be as the sheep in the parable who fed, clothed, and visited the least of your children that we might have done it for you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who also taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Show. 
A reading from the book of the prophet Job. If I have withheld anything that the poor desired, or have caused the eyes of the widow to fail, or have eaten my morsel alone, and the orphan has not eaten from it. For from my youth I reared the orphan like a father, and from my mother's womb I guided the widow. If I have seen anyone perish for lack of clothing, or a poor person without covering, whose loins have not blessed me, and who was not warmed with the fleece of my sheep. If I have raised my hand against the orphan, because I saw I had supporters at the gate, then let my shoulder blade fall from my shoulder, and let my arm be broken from its socket. For I was in terror of calamity from God, and I could not have faced his majesty. And now a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions. But everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them, and they brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. The word of the Lord. In 1988, floppy disks were a thing. And the Netherlands was, became the second country connected to the internet following Australia. The Soviets withdrew from Afghanistan and the top movie at the box office was Who Framed Roger Rabbit? My daughter Sarah was four and my son Matthew was two. And to be honest with you, I knew more about Sesame Street and the Disney Channel than I knew about any world events that were happening. But something else happened in 1988 here in San Diego that caught my attention and so humbled me and shaped my way of seeing the world that it's had its lasting impact all of these many years. In 1988, Mother Teresa visited San Diego on her way to open an orphanage in Tijuana. And she was hosted by the University of San Diego. And over 6,000 people crammed themselves into a 5,000-seat university stadium at the University of San Diego, all to hear a message from this humble, quiet spark of divine electricity. Her white sari was trimmed with three blue stripes wrapped around her head and, and brought close, it stopped just above her eyebrows. And, a he, and she wore a heavy blue sweater buttoned all the way to the top against the breeze with bare sandal feet clad. 
Dozen of cameras' shutters clicked, and dignitaries leaned down, trying to catch her attention of this small, stooped nun's hand. And she smiled, and she raised her head, and she would look around at them. She finally made it to the podium, and she said this to the crowd: "Jesus came to give us the good news that God is love, and that He loves you, and He loves me, and you are precious to me." He said, "I love you." He wants to love one another as He loves each one of us. She said, and then she shared this story. Some time ago, a man came to our house, and he said, "Mother, there is a family." A Hindu family that has eight children. They have not eaten for a long time. Please do something for them. So I took some rice and I went. When I arrived at their house, I could see the hunger in the children's eyes. Their eyes were shining with hunger. I gave the rice to the mother, and she took the rice. She divided it into two, and then she went out. When she came back, I asked her, "Where did you go?" And she said, "They are hungry also." And she said this as she pointed next door to her neighbors. What struck me most, said Mother Teresa, was not that she gave the rice away, but that she knew they were hungry, and because she knew, she shared. What I heard Mother Teresa saying was, "Once you know." Once you know, then you have a choice to make, and this is what we must also come to know: that love, to be true, will often carry sacrifices, and honestly, it can hurt the advantage we have. But it will also transcend borders and cross lines, and bring our wealth to overflowing, because this God that we worship is a God of abundance. And a God of grace. This Hindu woman, who was hungry, who had hungry children, knew that her neighbor, who, by the way, was Muslim, was also hungry. She sacrificed. She made her advantage, her neighbor's gain. In that moment, she had a choice, and she made the choice. To share, Mother Teresa spoke without pause for nearly 20 minutes longer, and no one stirred except for the photographers whose cameras whirred and hummed. And then she said this towards the end: "She said, 'Before you go to sleep tonight, I want you to hold out your hand and count. Count on your fingers what you have done for God today.'" She challenged her listeners. And when she finished speaking, the then mayor Maureen O'Connor, after delivering the keys to the city to Mother Teresa, asked her a final question. Mother said, "O'Connor, we are struggling with the homeless situation, children not having food before going to school, and endless poverty. What would your advice be on how to handle this?" Mother Teresa slowly made her way back to the microphone, and leaned in and said one word that shattered my heart and changed me forever. She leaned in and she said, "Share."
and turned around and walked off the stage. And suddenly, I'll be honest with you, suddenly my mind was swept to a mountain where another 5,000 people had gathered to listen to the message of an itinerant preacher. And when his teachings had gone on through the day, the people were hungry and the disciples were panicked. The disciples came to him and said, we don't have enough food for everyone, send them away. And Jesus said to them, you feed them. The scriptures report that a small boy came ready to share his two fish and five loaves of barley bread. And then I, I want to pose this to you. Maybe, just maybe, after they had divided up those fish as small as they could and those five barley loaves to, to pieces that would maybe help hunger but were really not going to fill a belly, but maybe after they did that, they passed it out to the people and the next people to receive it dug into their rough pouches and added a few pieces of grain cake and a few figs that they had. And maybe then they passed it on to their next neighbor and the next family took a portion and added some nuts and a bit of old mutton and whatever was left. And so it went from person to person and family to family until at the end the scriptures reported to us that they had 12, 12 baskets of leftover barley cakes. Now in my head, I'm wondering, which would have been the greater miracle? That Jesus somehow mysteriously produced enough bread? I'm certain Jesus could do that, of course. But wouldn't the greater miracle have been that the hearts of the people were so transformed by the words and presence of God among them, by Jesus, that they were moved to share, and in doing so, there was enough for everyone? And leftovers. I believe that this is the miracle of Jesus, that he could so transform the mind, how we think, and the heart, how we feel, and our eyes, how we see other people and the world, that the entire world is blessed and better for it, and that the kingdom of God is possible. To me, the greater miracle would be the change of heart and the willingness to share, because we are pretty hard-hearted and hard-headed people. And we don't do too well sometimes in the sharing department. You know, after our pull out all the stops, beautiful and exuberant celebration of Easter, I know that sometimes as we follow that, it may seem a bit crude to revert to such mundane concerns as money and possessions and the sale of property and how to get things done within the church. But listen, in Luke's mind, Everything that follows, everything that follows after that Easter Sunday, everything that follows is intricately connected to what he describes later in verse 33 as their testimony to the resurrection of Jesus, everything they did. In Acts, Luke proposes that the resurrection makes possible true generosity and bold living. When you think about it, the quality of the church's life together is the evidence of the truthfulness of the resurrection. The most eloquent testimony to the reality of the resurrection is not an empty tomb 
or a well-orchestrated pageant, or even a choir concert on Easter. <laughs> the most eloquent testimony to the reality of the resurrection is a group of people whose lives have been so radically different and so completely changed from the way the world builds community that there can be no other explanation than that something decisive has happened in history. My goodness, that some spiritual nuclear charge has been detonated. We are changed. We are brought back into alignment with the image of God. We are the living body of Christ here and now. And God's great work in the world through Jesus Christ now becomes God's great work through Christ's body, the church. And that's us. That's you and you and you and you and you and me. That's who God is working through to do Christ's work now. So I look back and I think about that mother of eight from Mother Teresa's story. And I believe that the great miracle of that story is when that woman stepped into her neighbor's doorway, that woman saw God, saw that miracle. And two women that day raised their hands in praising God's miracle because somebody shared for the miracle of food. And then I think about those ancient people gathered on the hillside. And I guarantee you that not in a million years, never anticipating that the great miracle that they were going to encounter that day when they went to see Jesus, the great miracle that they were going to encounter would be their own transformed hearts. And no one, no one would leave hungry that day from that mountainside. And I think about that first Pentecost when the promise of a changed world was ripening from dream to hope to 3,000 people converted. 3,000 spiritually hungry people fed the message of Christ who would never be hungry for that, for that emptiness, would never be hungry like that again because of the message of Christ. And how the Spirit of God came slamming into our lives to dwell with us forever. And how that first wind rattled the doors and shook the complacent out of their drowsy haze. And the fire of God's intention burned with such a fierce commitment there could be no mistaking that it was a new day because of God's presence in the world in that Holy Spirit. And then it makes more sense when we go back and we look at Luke, how Luke describes the first church. Now the whole group of those who believed were one heart and soul. And no one claimed private ownership of any possessions. But everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them. Let me say that again. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought their proceeds of what was sold 
And they laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. And my friends, for one shiny moment, for one moment in time, because it, it passed very quickly, for one shiny moment, we got a glimpse of what the kingdom of God could look like. And suddenly, it all makes sense. The teaching, the stories, the divine distribution of spirit. It all makes sense. We are created to be in this God plan together. And we are intimately bound as one. When we feed one, we feed all. When we clothe one, we clothe all. When we care for one, we care for all. After all, sometimes we can only do one person at a time. But it is the sharing that transforms the heart. What if that one person that we share with, in turn, shares with two others? And what if those two shared with four others? And so on and so on. Because sometimes the spirit works in the sharing. But what happens when a church when a church and all the churches around the world band their spirits together as one to share. What happens when we are that church together, when we are those that Luke describes, those who believed and were of one heart and one soul? When we do that one miracle-invoking act together, when we share People have wells and water. Babies have diapers and formula. Children learn the ways of their faith. Hungry people eat for a day. Children go to school with backpacks and supplies. Beautiful music is created and shared. The lonely are visited and loved and the sick are nurtured and cared for and the marginalized, the stranger, the alien are welcomed. And listen, this is happening in a thousand different ways all over the world with a group of people just like here in this place. And we are impacting the world. We are changing the world. And a thousand other blessings go out into the world in the name of the one who shared everything he had, even his life. My friends, when we choose to share... We are doing justice, we are loving mercy, and we are walking humbly with our God. And justice will roll down like waters and righteousness like an overflowing stream. Amen. Please stand. And join me in a reading from the book of Acts as our affirmation of faith. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them.
all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. So those who welcomed Peter's message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. As we leave this place, I encourage you, let's go and be the church. And let's do two things today. Tonight, before you go to bed, I want you to lift up your hand and I want you to count what you've done for God today. And then I want you to share. And may the love of God and the peace and mercy of Jesus Christ and the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. All of God's people said together, amen.
sweet to sweet.